Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Oh, the number 21. It's that perfect hand in a game of blackjack. It's that game you played in a kid when you had a basketball hoop, a basketball, and maybe only one other person. Also, age of most states when somebody could have a legal adult beverage. And it's a great football number, too, in the NFL. And we'll talk about those great players with Oz Davis of Truly the Goats in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. This is your host, Darren Hayes, and we're podcasting from the Pigpen in Western Pennsylvania to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So with Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff supplying us with the tunes, let's go no huddle through today's football history headlines. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. And tonight we have our Football by Numbers series. And to help us with it, we have our great friend of the show and fellow Sports History Network partner, Oz Davis, the host of Truly the Goats and the SHN Showcase podcast. He joins us once more to talk about the greatest players to wear the particular jersey number. And in this discussion, we'll be coming up with a top 10 best NFL players to wear the number 21 on our jerseys. Oz Davis, welcome back to the pig pen. I do a lot of podcasts, but I love doing your show. You know why? Why is that? There's no editing for me. So yeah, that's, that's, that's beautiful <laughs> you, for you. You have it? to produce. You have to produce the thing. So <laughs> right now, it's my favorite yeah. podcast to be on. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite one's always the one you're on at that moment, right? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. What's my favorite one? The next one. That's right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, we have a tall task, my friend. We yes. have the number 21. Yes. We have 101 years, basically, of NFL yeah. history to go through. And, you know, throw the AFL in there and any other league you want to professionally. And we have a lot of number 21s to talk about, some really good players. And uh, the Hall of Fame is usually where we start off. And the Hall of Fame gives us these names. And I'm just going to mention them real quickly. We can come back and discuss them in a little bit. Uh, Danny Ford. Hortman, Benny Friedman, Dion Sanders, Jim Thorpe, Ladanian Tomlinson, Charles Woodson. Some great names on there in pro football history. Well, I mean, I was just thinking, um, I'm glad I don't have to choose the, the number one, the top guy ever to wear 21, because you've got two guys who are basically, I mean, just to start, you got two guys who are basically the most dominant cornerbacks I've ever seen. Uh, on a regular basis, which is Deion Sanders and Charles Woodson. Now, you may have noticed that uh, there's never been a cornerback to be the MVP of the Super Bowl. And the reason for that is it's really difficult for one cornerback, especially these days with nickel and dime packages being so prolific, to dominate a game. But these two guys could dominate a game. 
<laughs> Especially oh. Dion in some of those playoff runs with those mega Cowboys teams of the 90s. Uh, so, and then, of course, your third name that you think of on this list is the guy who may not have put fantasy football on the map, but is probably the GOAT fantasy football player, LaDamian Tomlinson. So, right at the top, those are your probably your top three twenty ones. Uh, uh, I definitely agree. Plus, you throw in there with Sanders and Woodson, they had some offensive and some return skills with them sure, too in the NFL. Sure, so sure. they were all around studs. You know, if there's such a thing as a, a two-way player in the NFL in modern day history, it's probably those two come up to the top of the list, you know. And plus Sanders, you know, he's also a two-sport player, right? So Yeah, yeah. You got to give I'll always give props to a guy like that. And so of course, um, right off the top, I got to give props to Jim Thorpe as well. Uh, now you've only got him down here playing one season uh, with 21, but hey, again, he's one of those guys. He's a goat I'm going to put him on any list I can. So I got okay. Jim Thorpe on my list of great 21s. All right. Well, that's that's fair enough. So <laughs> you're saying we want to we want to lock in those three right now. Do we want to talk about a little bit about their their stats? I'm sorry. We have four four players we want to put on there. If you count right. Thorpe and her, right? Well, I, I mean, you can if you saw them play. You know. Right there, there's a certain class of players that when 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 you see them play, you just you know they're the greats. I mean, I mean, you don't need the stats. Uh, you don't well necessarily. <laughs> you don't need the advanced metrics and like that. You you just know. And uh, and if you played fantasy football again in the aughts, you know why Ladanian Tomlinson makes this list. You know why he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, he's an inaugural member of the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame for sure. <laughs> well, anybody that can use the the nickname LT and nobody's thinking about, you know, uh, Lawrence up in New York. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's you got to be an impressive player to uh, be able to do that. Well, <laughs> Lawrence Taylor, I mean, I mean, right. let's not go into the rabbit hole, but let's talk goat. I mean, one of the top five football players of all time. Absolutely, so. but, but LT pulled off the nickname <laughs> right. to have an LT, you know, 10, 15 years later after the great LT played. You know, so. Well, some of us were pedantic sticklers and called him LDT that whole time. Oh, okay. I was one of them. <laughs> uh, the, uh, in preparation for this show, you always send a list of uh, the Hall of Famers who wore this number. I mean, because you're like the spreadsheet master. You're insane. Uh, <laughs> of all the <laughs> of all the uh, key players who wore these numbers and, and, and uh, you know, some advanced s- metric stats, some AV stats from the pro football reference and whatnot. And uh, there, there's some real shockers on this list. Um, one of them is Eric Allen. And what's shocking to me is, okay, let's see. I got my notes over here. Uh, Eric Allen, okay, so... He's third in the AV metric on this list, but I mean, he's a here's a guy who missed three games in fourteen seasons, made six All Pro teams, and retired in two thousand and one. And you just wonder, like, how is he not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's that's uh, unbelievable, and I think he will be. I think we'll see him in the next three or four years. His name get called to go to camp. Yeah. 
one of these veterans committee things because I'm sure by now they're talking about the '90s. Those guys. So I mean, he he was had uh, six Pro Bowl appearances, one All Pro. We're number twenty one his entire career. Yes. Uh, with Philadelphia, New Orleans, and Oakland, and uh, just had you know we have fourteen seasons. Just uh, great football. I guess just just he's got against him that he's not playing for any classic teams. You know, I don't I don't know how many playoff games he was in, but it wasn't a lot uh, in those days. So I guess that's that's what's going against him. But as an individual player, I mean, he's he's Hall of Fame level. Well, I do have his career uh, playoff games. Okay, thanks to Pro Football Reference, he played nine career playoff. Games. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so he had three. Uh, I'm sorry, five with Philadelphia, two with uh, four with Oakland. So th- that's his uh, totals on there. Are those, those Andy Reid's? Are those Andy Reid's Eagles? Uh, the 88 to 92. I I'm not sure if Reid was there or not. No. It's pretty close. I don't think he not, was there yet. Not quite. Yeah. Okay. No, but uh, in those playoff games, this is interesting too. He had uh, four interceptions in those uh, playoff games. Wow. And uh, wow. a touchdown off of one of them, so wow, that, that's impressive too. That's clutch. That's clutch. Yeah, one of the one of the early, or I should say, one of the contemporary great uh, twenty-one quarterbacks, right? Quarterbacks to wear twenty-one. Uh, I like on this list too. I like another guy. I have to mention is Cliff Branch. You know, again, here, here's another guy that I saw. <laughs> so. <laughs> Again, like oh, you're showing your age now. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I yeah, saw, I saw I saw him play too, so I can't say anything. <laughs> I understand that reference in an early Simpsons episode where Lisa claims the Raiders always cheat. They don't have that reputation anymore, but I remember those days. I remember <laughs> John Madden before the video game. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, even too, even before too. the even before the booth. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, I like Cliff Branch on this team. Of course, you had to hate the Raiders for which he played, but you know it's a question of hate the teams, love the love the player, right? So, I think I think again as an individual, Cliff Branch uh, deserves mention among the twenty ones. Right. I mean, he had some great stats: five hundred and one receptions, sixty seven touchdowns. Over 8,600 yards of receiving back in that era. You know, the uh, played from 72 to 85. Nice long career, uh, all with the Raiders in Oakland and L.A. Uh, just you know, just a, a great performer, steady performer. Uh, numbers are pretty consistent all the way through until maybe his last year. He must have had some injury or just uh, didn't play much. But uh, the, the bulk of his career, he was just a, a steady performer. Who else do you like? Who else do you got here? I've got some uh, guys that I, I really like. I mean, Tiki Barber is on that list. I think uh, I always liked Tiki Barber. I liked I liked his attitude towards the game, and you know he didn't have bad stats either. He he didn't have a lot of rushing yards, uh, but he played. He was sort of playing in uh, before it was real popular a, a two back set. You know he had uh, Jacobs there for a while, who was you know the the big pounder, and Tiki was the, you know, the speed guy around the end. But he had you know twenty two hundred and seventeen yards rush. I'm sorry, ten thousand four hundred forty nine yards rushing on twenty two hundred rushes, uh, fifty five touchdowns, three Pro Bowls, one time as an All Pro. That, that's got some pretty decent numbers for a running back that uh, played. Uh, oh, let's see what he played about ten seasons. Yeah, ten seasons with the Giants. Yep. 
And he was but bad timing, season. right? Bad, bad timing because he retired right before the Giants uh, took out the Patriots that first time. That's true. That's he retired. True. I think the season before he retired. Maybe maybe two before. But, yeah, he could have been there because Tiki was one of those guys that quit before he passed his prime. You know, he that, played uh, 10 seasons, but, you know, he still had gas left in the tank. But he was like, nah, I'll do TV now. <laughs> <laughs> so so kind of a brief career, but by choice. Um, I never fault the guy that walks away from a game like that. No, but still still some great numbers. Yeah. Uh, Sure, for, of for the career he had, yeah, now that's so he's he's one that I like that's on there. Uh, another name, uh, bl- sort of a blast from the past, is John Hadel. Hadel's an interesting yeah. character to look at. That quarterback, I mean, he played. Uh, was, you know, the era was you know the 1960s and up through the mid 70s, 62 to 77. Right, this was an era age. when guys who were balding could be quarterback. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's, there's still hope for me, right? If the AFL resurrects, I could still come in. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> okay, and, you, and, you and Costanza, right? You're yeah, awesome. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, played with the Chargers for 11 seasons, Green Bay for, for a couple years, the Houston Oilers for a couple years, and the Rams for a couple years. You know, he was well-traveled. Uh, but it was back in an era where you didn't really – the stats weren't big, but he still threw for over 33,000 yards, uh, 244 touchdowns. And, and 224 games. So over a touchdown a game, that's not bad, especially for that era of football. But he did play yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, that's the thing is that, okay, so so you put dampers on this because, again, you're sending me this list, and here he is. He's pretty high up there in the old EV rating, uh, but he's playing against the AFL, which, you know, was not a bad league. I mean, the truth is, is that like the NHL, uh, in the 70s, the NFL in the 60s was way too small, right? There was room for a whole other league worth of players. So the AFL was not a bad league, but the emphasis was really, really, really on offense, okay? They wanted to be the fun league, right? This is always the response of a rogue league to the NFL, by the way, right? You want to be the fun league or the league that's out west. You know, you want to be that league. And so he was in that league. However, you know, uh, you say that he was well-traveled, but he did spend the bulk of his career with the San Diego Chargers. Uh, And, you know, they were kind of in the NFL. Now, I, I I didn't see them, so I don't know this from firsthand. I don't want to age myself that much because that, that would be unfair to myself. But, you know, you look at the history of the AFL and the Chargers were that classic team that's always in it but never in the championship, right? They're always a contender, right? Like the Rams of the 70s, right? They're in it every year, but they just never get over the hump. They never win it all, right? And so, and then the other thing is you look at his career record and dude, he's like, Four games over five hundred. Yeah, you know, as, as a starter, you know, it's just there's a reason why this guy's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know, what, what if I what if I give you these numbers though? Six Pro Bowls. He was an All Pro sure. once. He was an AFL sure. champion once. Oh, and okay. in 1971, Walter Payton Man of the Year. Hmm. Those are some pretty good numbers. Wait, 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 wait. Seventy one. Walter Payton, Man of the well, Year. Well, I don't. That's what they have on Pro Football Reference. Whatever. I it guess it was Man that. of the Year. <laughs> yeah, Man, Man of the Year. They have a Walter Payton. Yeah, I guess uh, Walter Payton was probably in diapers, probably in '71. <laughs> if you go back far enough, they're giving out before he's born. It's fantastic. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what? One name that we haven't talked about. 
and this may be the most underrated guy of all time. I got a whole rant about this. There's a stat. Um, I, I was I was doing this, and I think it was on Hello Old Sports, a Sports History Network podcast, uh, where they were doing a bunch of year-end memoriam episodes. And I was talking about Kobe Bryant, and I was saying, you know what one of the most important stats in sports is, uh, especially if you do it with one team, is games played. Games played. Let's talk about Frank Gore. Frank Gore <laughs> – Absolutely. Is number three all-time rushing. Number three all-time rushing. Let's see. Uh, do, do, do you realize this? Do you realize that in 16 seasons, he's missed 23 games? I yeah, think J.J. Uh, Watt has missed that many in his 10 seasons in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I think Watt has that many. He has a little bit more, even. Um, that Frank Gore is a machine. What is up with this guy? How does he keep going? I mean, people want to talk about Tom Brady. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But, but you know, Frank Gore has been hitting the line for almost twenty years now. How does this guy do it? Yeah, I don't know. He, and he's still <laughs> being talked about as being a, a feature back for this coming season. I heard. Okay, so who's he with? Is he is, did he sign with the Jets again? Uh, that I'm not sure, but I've heard teams talking about you know, hey, we want Frank Gore, and the Jets are one of them. I don't know. I don't know if he's signed or not yet. Uh, I haven't heard that, but I do. I have heard a lot of talk about Frank Gore. I take him on the Rams. Yeah, for, uh, Frank Gore has just had an amazing career. You know, just uh, some numbers that he has: two hundred and forty-one games, over right exactly at sixteen thousand yards, right on the money. Eighty-one touchdowns in his career. He is the Hall of Fame for the twenty uh, tens, and he's made it into five Pro Bowls. You know, so just a great competitor. Uh, a lot of years with San Francisco, ten years with San Francisco, three with Indy, one with Buffalo, one with Miami, one with the Jets, and who knows where he's going to go this year. I don't, know if he, I don't know if Frank knows where he's going to play this year. He's the Ryan Fitzpatrick of halfbacks. Right, right. <laughs> but he's a stud everywhere he goes. Right, except he starts every year. Right, right, right. right. Every year he gets drafted about 10th round in fantasy, and uh, he ends yeah. up being about a third round uh, equivalent back. <laughs> in any case, um, I don't know. Here's where I start to run out of gas. Uh, I don't know too much about Eddie Medor except for the stats. Uh, you know, big. Los Angeles Rams cornerback, uh, I believe. Secondary, anyway. Right. Um, you know, but see, again, I can't date myself that badly. I don't know anything about well, Eddie Meador. Who is it? Wells makes her list. Well, I mean, let's talk about Meador. He had six okay. Pro Bowls, twice was an All Pro, Hall of Fame for the All 1960s team, had 46 interceptions. That's uh, nothing to. Know, shake a stick out there. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty good, especially in the era 1950 to 1970s when he played in the NFL. You know, not the AFL, the NFL. Right. Wasn't a lot of balls going up in the air at that time compared right. to now. But right, the, literally, you're literally you're seeing like 22 to 25 attempts. Right. So, so 46 so, interceptions in 163 yeah. games. That's one out of every four games he's got yep. a pick. So yep. that, that's pretty good numbers for a cornerback of that era. So mm-hmm. I, you know. 
I think he's a decent one to talk about. The other yeah, one, so, yeah, you can put him in based on stats, based on the all-decade team. Uh, right, I'm not even saying put him in, but I think he's definitely in the discussion. Yeah, find a top ten. Uh, the other one I have on there is Patrick Peterson. Okay, uh, Peterson, another another cornerback, uh, still playing 20, 2011 through uh, twenty nineteen. I think he's still playing. Yeah, he played last year, twenty twenty, with the Arizona. You know, he he's had a, a real nice career for him, for himself. Mm-hmm. And my stats are giving me things here, but he's got eight Pro Bowls, <laughs> three All Pros, another Hall of Famer for the All Twenty Ten teams. Uh, I don't have his interceptions up here, and I'm having a little bit of trouble here. It looks uh, looks like he's got twenty twenty eight picks in his career so far. Yeah, I make a meter sound more impressive. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so. I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see. It's wild because you make up lists like this where you're comparing guys from different positions and different eras and whatnot. But there's that real like tenure mark, right? Like if a guy plays a whole decade and goes through it and then keeps playing, that's like what tends to put the real. That that's what separates the 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 long the long careers from you know. The good careers, you know, um, and and he's one of them. So so for me, it's like let's see what happens to Peterson uh, over the. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Peterson over the next uh, couple of seasons, you know, because yeah, I mean, th- we will determine if he's really, really a great, really in the discussions for Hall of Fame or not. Uh, I I agree, I agree. Uh, you know, some other names we have on that list. You know, we have uh, Rick, Rick Volk. Rick was another DB. Uh, had 38 picks in 150 games. Did, uh, didn't wear the 21 his entire career, uh, he wore, but he did wear it uh, all but one year of his career. Uh, played with the uh, Baltimore Colts, uh, New York Giants, and the Miami Dolphins, and a year with the Giants in, in there where he wore number 23. But uh, still, 38 picks in 150 games, not, not a bad ratio. Three-time all uh, I'm sorry, one-time All-Pro, three times in a Pro Bowl, uh, won a Super Bowl, and an NFL championship. Uh, I assume those were both Baltimore. Yeah, they both were with Baltimore. So not bad, again, for that era, uh, for a, a DB. Um, another one I have, you know, this is a running back more modern that uh, mo- a lot of people out there have seen play is James Brooks, you know, mm-hmm. a nice running back, uh, most notably of the Cincinnati Bengals, but Played for the Chargers his first three years, which I didn't realize, uh, and I played with Cleveland and Tampa Bay at the end of his career. Uh, I thought you were going to go Zeke for a minute. <laughs> yeah. He's still playing because yeah, Zeke gets way down on the list here. I mean, he's a he's a contemporary twenty one at running back. Uh, you don't see that on running backs too much these days. Right, uh, but yeah, let's let's uh, if you got Zeke's numbers, bring them up because that's that's definitely somebody we want to talk about. Uh, gee, let's see, let's fire that up uh, because yeah, the thing about Zeke, huh? <laughs> he's playing on those Dallas Cowboys who tend to carry so much baggage. Uh, you know, here he is in 2016, uh, leading the league in, in rushing attempts and yards, 322 for 1631, which is absolutely insane these days almost 110 yards per game uh that season that's his rookie year then uh two years after that you know similar stats 304 rushes for 1434 yards you know he's going for 95 and a half yards per game there uh, but this is the thing about modern running backs right except for frank gore apparently is that there's this 
mileage counter on them. You know, I, you can call this the Priest Holmes example. Uh, you remember when he was in Kansas City, they ran this dude into the line for three years, 300 times, and that was it. You know, he was done. You can't do this. Uh, another guy to watch for this is going to be about a guy that we're talking about on the next show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our, our boy in Tennessee who is dangerously close to being the only weapon for that team. You know, so I'm I'm looking at him and wondering if he won't run himself into the ground in the next few years. Uh, But, you know, you got to wonder this about Zeke. Plus, you know, the Cowboys is being dysfunctional and unlucky and just snake bitten as they've been the last 20 years. Uh, You you wonder what's going to come of Zeke's career. But so far, he's got five seasons under his belt, three Pro Bowls, one Mm -hmm. All-Pro. He's run for 6,384 yards, 46 touchdowns in 71 games. And three seasons seasons with over 300 carries. Right, yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, like like you say, usually those bigger backs, you know, uh, when I you know, come to you think of like Akoye and you know Jacobs, we talked about earlier those mm-hmm. bigger backs that uh, pound the ball into the line continuously. They just their bodies take a beating, and they yeah. your body keeps, human body just can't you know hold up to that uh, abuse. You know that's mm-hmm. where some of the smaller backs you know can get away with it because they're outside a little bit more. They're not uh, hitting you know the the a gap every single play. So mm-hmm. where the mm-hmm. where the, mm-hmm. the big monsters are. Yeah, but for, for these guys who, who have no footwork and all they have is that strong first step, I mean, all it takes is some wear and tear, and then you don't have that anymore, and that's it. Unless you're, again, unless you're a Frank Gore who just can't be tackled you know, right. un- until he gets three or four yards. You know, not pretty to look at, but he's, 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 it seems to me he's the only guy in our lifetime. I mean, we were just talking about LaDainian Tomlinson. I mean, geez. He was awesome for like three, four, five years, but this, these days there's just a limit. I mean, guys are 100 pounds heavier than they were in the times of Hadel, <laughs> you know, and they're probably what half a second faster. I mean, that's, that's a slight that's exa- slight exaggeration, but you know, you're getting hit a lot harder and a lot, you know, the the impact uh, effect is a lot harder. Uh, wanted to throw in props to. One other guy here, at least one other guy on this list, the greatest St. Louis Cardinal probably of all time, right? Eric Metcalf. Right. right. He, he was a 21. Uh, but, yeah, as lowly as the St. Louis Cardinals were for – Well, no, for, I think Eric Eric Metcalf was the uh, was his son. He was the one that played for the Browns. Oh. Uh, yeah, oh you're thinking sorry. of Ter- Terry Metcalf, his father. Yes, yes, Terry Metcalf. I'm sorry about that. No disrespect to Eric Metcalf. Uh, And I would have to say, speaking of the Cleveland Browns, that one guy who probably should not be on any list like this is Ernest Biner. Um, Whenever you have a negative play named after you, uh, (laughs) that's your claim to fame. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's just not to be mentioned. Uh. I don't, I don't know about that. You have some some great uh, players throughout. You know, you have like you know Buckner that played for the Boston Red Sox. You know, <laughs> you, can't, you can't you can't okay. say hey, the guy had a horrible career. You know, he had well, one play that he's known for, or, or Scott Norwood, or you know, if you go to well, football. Yeah. And, I mean, they're remembered for bad things, but you know, 
Hey, uh, did you talk about I, Norwood when you were discussing number one? I think you were. Uh, I don't think we did. I don't. No, think okay, we, there you go. A lot of famous number ones. Uh, we didn't quite get to him, but but here's another name uh, back from uh, the the late '60s, early '70s uh, on the Dolphins team. Played on the undefeated Dolphins team. Jim Kick at running back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, two-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, didn't get the notoriety in that backfield because when you have Mercury Morris and Larry Zonka playing, but before them was Jim Kick, and he was a nice player. And he was also, uh, I'm actually, that actually tunes into a new episode of the Truly the Goats. Oh, my God, that I'm actually recording right now, um, which um, involves the World Football League, ah, which... Okay. Which was the, let's see, second to last really NFL-level road league to exist. And, of course, the Memphis team, the Memphis Southmen, made headlines by signing three Dolphins uh, a year before their contract came up. Uh, So that was Kick, uh, Paul Warfield, and uh, Larry Zonka. And uh, so, so he was also notable for that. Uh, those three guys signed, I believe, the three highest contracts, uh, as it turned out, in that league's history um, to play. And they even signed him a year at a time. So uh, interesting little tie-in there. So a little answer to a trivia question. Memphis probably would have been awesome if they had finished that second year of the World Football League. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting league. Um, sure was. Sure now, is was. there anybody else that we want to bring into this list before we go to our our deliberations? Because uh, just you know, just to review, we have four names we put in our top right. ten already. We said Deion Sanders, Charles Woodson, Ladanian Tomlinson, and Jim Thorpe. We are putting in our top ten, so we have six slots to fill, uh, and we just mentioned a, a bunch of names here. Oh, well, nobody else to mention. I'm surprised that we went this far down the list, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay, well, again, Frank Gore, I think. I, I, I agree. Frank Gore should list. be in. Uh, I'm still disputing your Tiki Barber, so so let's put him on hold. But, yeah, probably uh, Eric Allen, too, right? Just I, I think so, too. Eric Allen just definitely awesome is a no-brainer. Okay, so that's one, two, three, four, that's five, six. That's six of them right there. Okay, well, I mean – you're probably going to be a purist and sick to the time in the 21, but I would absolutely nominate Jim Thorpe in there because, again, I was put well, him we, on we already took We already put Jim Thorpe oh, on there. Thorpe's already on there. He was okay, in our great. top four here. Okay. Okay. So uh, we got him in there. Great. Okay. And uh, let's see. Okay. Well, who else do you got? I, I kind of like Cliff Branch in there. I, I do, too. I like. Okay. I was just going to say that. I think okay. uh, Branch ought to be in there. Okay. And And – now here's here's a couple that I'm sitting on the fence on. Okay. John Hadle, I'm sitting on the <laughs> fence a little bit, and along with uh, uh, Mater, Eddie Eddie Mater. Okay. Well, I definitely would put Mater on there. Yeah, because again, we're 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 getting a little bit low on the pole here. Uh, yeah. So, oh, oh, Terry Metcalf is on this list. Oh, he did wear twenty one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Seconds. Okay. We'll, we'll so maybe we talk should talk about him. Maybe we should have Terry. Met- well, I just again, I just, I just uh, appreciate Terry Metcalf because I mean, 
it seemed like some years that literally he was the only all-star on that St. Louis Cardinals team, which was the absolute word for mediocrity in the NFL until the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came along. And even the Buccaneers did not have this sort of history of mediocrity that the St. Louis Cardinals did. Now, of course, the St. Louis Cardinals moved quite a while ago. So the the new level of mediocrity is probably what? The Detroit Lions. But even they come up with all-stars once in a while. I mean, geez, they had Barry Sanders. They had Megatron. You know, they had, uh, you know, I'm sure, well, Nadabakin Sue, right, was a Detroit mm-hmm. Lions. So, so they've had some notable players, but literally – And maybe I should talk to the Chicago Cardinals podcast here at the Sports History Network about this. But but I don't know. I mean, literally, Metcalf is about the only really great, really all pro consistent all star, you know, player the St. Louis Cardinals ever had in like 30 years of of, of football. I thought that too, but I was a little bit surprised by his numbers. I mean, I know he was sort of—he was almost like his his son Eric Metcalf, mm-hmm. or they were sort of almost like a, a gimmick, a smaller size running back, but caught a lot of passes out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but he, yeah. here's his career numbers. Okay, now he had a short career, seventy-three to eighty-one, and he missed an entire season, nineteen seventy-eight, through for injury, and he had a just under thirty-five hundred yards rushing in his total career, mm-hmm. and about just over 2,400 yards passing. So he didn't have you know, tremendous numbers, but I guess if you put it together, that's, uh, what, uh, 6,000 yards in basically five seasons? Nah, mm-hmm. not, not not shabby, but I yeah. don't know that it's top 10. Yeah, I might not make that one. list. Yeah, not make, right. th- this might be a, 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 an example of you know memory sort of coloring a little bit more than necessary, but... I mean, again, to me, I mean, it was, you know, that that was back in the day, of course, when, you know, the old timers love to talk about. You only got like two, three games every week that you could see. And when you were the St. Louis Cardinals, who were never good, you never got on. You never got on national TV. Right. I was in the Boston market. They never played the Patriots. Right? They didn't have the, the balanced, calculated schedule like they do now. Um, in the NFL. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, he was like the only guy I remember. So it must be my memory playing tricks with me. Um, <laughs> let's see. I, I don't, I'm not willing to put Peterson on here yet anymore. Well, than what, what did we decide about Hadel and Meter? Are we going to – Meter, yeah, sure. Why not? Meter, okay, so I'm Meter, Meter we're going to say yes. We're going to leave Hadel off for now for some. Okay, is Hadel? Hadel may may make it based on the fact that he's probably the best quarterback to wear twenty one, right? Yeah, so I if you want to include him on that basis, yeah, well, that, I, we want to find the best players. Though it doesn't have to be. We don't need one from every position. We want to try to find the best players that wore the number twenty one. Yes, I'm. I'm thinking. Uh, what do you what do you think about Zeke being on that list? I mean, yeah, body of work, but he's he's an interesting character. He's been productive yeah. in his short yeah. amount of time. Yeah, well, I mean, he along with this wave of of you know halfbacks that's hitting the league right now is sort of resurrecting this idea that you know the running game is irrelevant. Uh, you know, guys like Zeke are making it. 
seem relevant again. You know, uh, guys like uh, uh, help me out. Who's the Who's the young guy on the Raiders? The Raiders have a nice young guy. The Giants have a nice young guy. I mean, these are guys just coming up. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Barkley. Yeah, yeah, Barkley is a great example of this. Um, You have some of these guys that are coming up right now that are, you know, really making a dent. Um, uh, Another one um, that just won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. You know, these young guys just running backs that are making that position relevant again. Um, right. And they're doing it, too, with good running. I mean, it's not like, again, it's not like they're a two, two-way back necessarily out of the backfield. Uh, they're actually like pure halfbacks that could have made it in any era. So um, you kind of like Zeke for that respect already. So, Okay. I just talked okay, myself so, into it, Zeke. So, so that that gives us nine. So we need one more name, <laughs> and this is this is a tough one. We we said this was going to be a little bit difficult. Yeah, yeah I think you're gonna. I think I'm gonna have to bend on Hadel because then it means I, accepting Tiki Barber if I don't. <laughs> so. I I think Hadel's probably worthy of that, sure. uh, and because he he did have decent numbers in an era where quarterbacks, you know, there were some good quarterbacks that didn't have as good of numbers as that. And he did have one season where he was the starting quarterback and there were three ties. So you got to love that. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine okay, that? Well, three ties well, in one I, season. I think that's our list. So let me go through our list here. Uh, let's erase here. We got Deion Sanders, Charles Woodson, LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, Eric Allen, John Hadle, Eddie Mater, Jim Thorpe, Cliff Branch, Frank Gore, and Ezekiel. Elliot, that's our ten. I think we did it. Uh, now, before I let you go, we you have a you've been hosting a very interesting program on the Sports History Network, the SHN Showcase. And I, I know we talked a little bit about uh, about a month ago when you were on. But what have, you have some uh, new? Uh, we have a lot of new people coming on to the Sports History Network, and I'm sure you have some new episodes that have been out uh, that you maybe you'd like to talk about. Well, uh, gee, I just do one a week, right? I, I'm just happy that so many folks are coming to the network that I'm able to keep this program going. You know, I hit, I think it was number nine. And at that point, I had covered everybody on the network. And then all of a sudden, hey, we have a, a meeting, a staff meeting, I guess you would call it. I staff, not really, but a just a meeting uh, of the Sports History Network. And then all of a sudden I got like five, six new podcasts on the network. So yippee. So, yep, just turning them out. Uh, I keep having to push back. You know, you, you asked me the question when you did the show is who's going to do Oz Davis? Uh, who's going to do the truly the goats uh, spotlight? spotlight? And uh, the truth is you're going to do it. But uh, I keep pushing that. I keep pushing that date back. So. You, you're dodging a. You, you don't even know you've been I, dodging a bullet. I, I guess I just got uh, nominated for something I didn't even know I was up. For. Yeah, see, you've been <laughs> dodging a bullet now for a couple of months. You don't even know it. So <laughs> uh, that'll be at this point. That'll be sometime in May. But I mean, with the way that with the way that Arnie Chapman, the football dude, recruits people. I'm sorry, the football history dude recruits people to this network. Um, Debt, you might never. We might never have yeah. the truly the goat show. So. 
Well, we'll have to start doing two a week to catch up so we can get that. Oh, my God. Don't or... do that to me, Matt. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I mean, I like being busy with podcasts. I like producing podcasts. But, um, you know, you kind of hit the limit when it's like one a day, except for people like you who are crazy. I, I get about eight or nine a week. So Yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. I, I have limits. You don't. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on here, helping us with these number 21s. And uh, had so much fun. How about you come back uh, for our next episode of the Football by Numbers, the number 22s? How do, what do you say? Yeah, okay. Let's do it in like two minutes. And then through the miracle of time <laughs> travel, it will be like a couple of days. All right. Let's do it. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians, You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.